You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Hey, today we are continuing in a series on the fruit of the Spirit, and we're just calling it The Fruit, and we've been talking all about the different fruit of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our life. So let's look at our key verse here. It's found in Galatians 5, and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is, in fact, why don't you guys just read this with me, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you would say, I need some of those things in my life, right? I think we all, there's something on that list that you say, I need a little bit more of that. I want to remind us, though, of the theme of this series is not when we look at this list, we don't just say, I'm going to try harder to be more patient, or I'm going to try harder to have more self-control. That's actually working against God's Word. Really, when we look at this list, it should remind us, I need to get closer with Jesus, and through His Spirit, He can produce more of these things in my life. That's the root of the, of the issue. And I want to remind us that fruit, think about it even in the natural, fruit is produced for the benefit of others and for multiplication. It's produced for the benefit of others and for multiplication. So I've never seen an apple tree uh, produce an apple and then take its branch and like put it back into its, its trunk, right? It doesn't feed itself the apples that it's producing. What's it doing? It's producing apples for other people, but then also for multiplication, for more apple trees to be developed. And I would say this, our world needs to see believers bearing and sharing the fruit of the Spirit on a daily basis. That's our job. That He's sourcing it to us, but we've got to make a decision to tie into the source and then bear it and share it with people everywhere that we go. Not just so our lives are great, but so we can say, look, I've received from God and now I freely give to you what I've received from Him. I've got some good things that He's doing in my life. He's set me free. He's forgiven me. He's given me hope for tomorrow. I want to share it with you as well. That's our job as believers, but there's too many believers who aren't even connecting with Jesus on a daily basis, so they don't have the fruit of the Spirit. And so you look at someone's life from the outside looking in, and you would almost be surprised if they told you that they are a believer. Now, we've got to get back to the, the very simple elementary basics of how do we produce the fruit of the, of the Spirit in our life. We abide in Jesus. We, that means remain close with Him. If I remain close with Him, I am opening a channel for Him to produce all of those things in my life. So today we're talking about patience. Come on, somebody. This might be the most popular one we've talked about so far. Patience, patience, patience. The fruit of patience. Everyone knows that impatience is a bad thing, right? Even the world will tell us that. Impatience is, uh, is not, a, it's not a good thing to have, but we all struggle with this from time to time. But our culture is more and more developing as a right now culture. Like with technology, I think comes with that. I need it now and I want it how I want it, right? Like if I gotta wait in the Chick-fil-A drive-through for three minutes instead of two minutes, I am gonna throw a fit, right? I'm gonna throw this sweet tea back in that window if you make me wait an extra minute, right? Like we've created um, almost a cultural monster in that sense where it, everyone is impatient. And when it comes to technology, we're, we're breeding it more, more and more impatience everywhere that we go. In fact, one study said this, that 53% of people visiting a website will leave it if it doesn't load within three seconds. Now, when I first read that, I thought, no, surely not. But then when I think of three seconds, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three, 
yeah, I'm out, right? Think about it, if, you, if you're on social media at all, you do this all the time. You go to a video, it's not loading, swipe away, keep going. Like, well, I'm, I don't have time to wait five seconds for this video to load, right? Like, uh, we don't have time for it. That is the, 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 our culture, and that's what we are um, creating with our culture of being right now. It's, it's all impatience. It's all anti what God wants to do in our life. In fact, recently we've been talking with our son Gavin about um, what it was like to watch TV in the early 90s, right? Like right now, you wanna watch your favorite TV show? You can find it somewhere. Like you can find it somewhere and you can stream it on demand whenever you want to watch it. Even better, without commercials if you want. You can find a way to watch it without commercials. And we're trying to explain to Gavin, look, number one, I remember a time when we didn't have a TV remote. You know what I'm saying? You wanna turn, you wanna turn up the TV, you get off the couch and you turn up the TV, right? You want to change the channel? And you you got to get up there and you remember that? You remember those types of TVs, right? Like um, you want to watch a cartoon? You better hope that you're home at the right time when the cartoon plays. Otherwise, guess what? You missed it. And you may never see it. You may never see that episode of Recess or that episode of Spider-Man. Like it's not going to come back around unless you catch it some random time. You missed it deal with it and move on with your life. But back then, that's all we knew. So that's, it was okay. It was like, oh man, it didn't ruin my day. I could go about my day. I could, get, I, could, I could go on having a great day. But we've created where it's like, man, it's no longer like the early 90s, right? Like you don't got to get off your couch for anything, right? For literally anything, not just for watching things, but if you want food brought to you, somebody will, you can pay somebody to bring some food to you at your couch. You know what I'm saying? We have, we have created this where it's, our culture is constantly saying, it's all about you or it's all about me and you, should, you deserve to have it right now. And if, if they can't get it to you right now, they're wrong. And we got to see in scripture where that is not how believers are called to act. But oftentimes what happens, we go out in public, we go to a restaurant and believers and Christians are the ones that are losing their cool freaking out on people, cussing people out, all because they got cut off in traffic or the waitress got their order wrong or it was taken longer than expected. We got to make some adjustments at the root of the issue and say, Lord, help me have patience today. And I'm not bashing anybody over the head. Trust me, this is something we all have to deal with. It's all a struggle we all have to deal with. But I want to give you a definition for biblical patience is this. It's waiting with contentment or meaning this, waiting with contentment, keeping your heart right while you wait. It's me, Lord, I'm in a season of waiting or I'm in a situation where I have to choose. I got to work on being patient. I'm going to keep my heart right while I am waiting for whatever is getting ready to take place. And this is vital because I would say this, you'll never be able to walk in the fullness of what God has for you if you don't bear the fruit of patience. Let me say that again. You'll never walk in the fullness of what God has for you if you don't bear the fruit of patience. Every hero of the faith in scripture understood the importance of patience. And most of the time they were understood that because they were waiting on the Lord. They were waiting for God to open the right door at the right time. Every hero of the faith had a season, had a moment, had a time where they had to choose to be patient when it would have been easier to be impatient. And so I would say, that's why I say, if you're gonna walk in the fullness of what God has for you, you must 
bear the fruit of patience. You got to have it. So the question today, as we go through this, is I would ask you just to reflect on this, just, just to yourself. What are you waiting for? What are you patiently waiting for today? Are you waiting for direction? Are you waiting for a relationship issue to be resolved? Are you waiting for a job or a career opportunity? Are you waiting for uh, that spouse that you've been praying for? Are you waiting for a positive pregnancy test? Are you waiting for that child that's far from God to come home? We're all waiting for something. No matter how big or serious or small or maybe insignificant it may seem, we all have something in our life that we're waiting for. And so I would just encourage you with this. I want to remind you that God will never ask you to do something that he can't help you do. He's not going to ask you to wait and be patient if he's not willing to help you wait and be patient. Even better, our God is so personal that he would say, he's not going to ask you to do something that he himself won't first do. That's why it's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruit of me. It's him who is patient, and he teaches me to be patient when I abide in him. Look at 2 Peter 3.9. It says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I don't know about you, but when I read this verse this past week, it just, it brought tears to my eyes because I thought, Lord, thank you for being patient with me. When I had turned my back on you, when I had wanted to run from you, when I wanted to live my own life, he said, I'll wait and I'm here when you're ready. Not so that you'll perish, I want you to come to reconciliation with me. Come home to me. I'll be here. I'm waiting for you. And that's the, that's the God that we serve today. He is patient and he is waiting for you today. And he's not going to ask you to wait if he himself is not patient. So here's what I want to do today really quick. I'm going to give you two things that godly patience is. I'm going to give you an action step and then I'm going to give you an encouraging reminder at the end. Try to leave you on a high note here. Okay. Point number one is this. Patience is not passive. Patience is not passive. Many times we think being patient or waiting on the Lord means sitting around and doing nothing. That's not accurate. That's not biblical. Biblical patience is actively waiting, actively waiting. Let me show you what I mean. Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is the most popular verse when it comes to waiting on the Lord. It says this. It says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what do we see here? Mount up run, walk. What are those? Actions. It doesn't say that those that wait on the Lord shall uh, renew their strength so they can sit around until the time is right, watch TV until something changes. That's not what it says. It says so that, so that what? We can mount up, we can run, we can walk, we can be active. And so here's what I would say. Here's a great example. If you're sitting there today, you may say, I'm patiently waiting for the spouse that I've been praying for. I should be, if you, if you say that, you should be actively developing yourself. You can be patiently waiting for what you've been asking God for in a spouse, but are you actively developing yourself in the waiting? Am, am I doing my part is what I'm saying. Am I preparing for what God is about to do? Am I, am I getting healthy spiritually, getting healthy physically so that I can become the person that the person I'm praying for is even remotely interested in? Right? So for the, for the single guys in here, if you're praying for a spouse, God's not going to bless you with some smoking hot wife if you're sitting around playing video games all day, not pursuing God, being lazy, and getting unhealthy. Here's why I say that. Why would God trust you, if you're acting that way, with his precious daughter? What father would? I wouldn't. 
are you doing your part so that God sees what you're doing, not so that you can prove yourself by works, so you can steward your life properly, so then you can steward a relationship with his daughter properly. That's why I'm not trying to earn my spot into heaven or anything like that, but I am going to steward what God has given me, and that's biblical. So for the ladies in the room, if you're single and you're praying for a spouse, God can't send you the godly man that you're praying for if you're not growing in your relationship with God. Are you prepared to receive and are you prepared to get ready for what a godly man is looking for in a spouse? It's really pretty, pretty simple. I am actively waiting. Here's another example. If you're waiting on that dream job or that career, how are you actively stewarding and working in your current job? See, I think we've built a culture in our modern day culture where it's like, well, I have this degree, so I deserve that position and that paycheck. But I'm going to tell you something. Even in scripture, that's not how this works. Scripture teaches us diligence and hard work, being faithful in the little so that we will be faithful in much. You see, there was time early on in ministry where I had to be bivocational, where the church couldn't pay me but a couple hundred bucks a month. We can't live off that, right? And so I had to choose, you know what? I am not called to be a cart boy at Lowe's or Home Depot, but I'm going to fill out an application. I'm not called to deliver pizzas pizzas at Domino's, but I filled out an application. I'm not called to work at Chick-fil-A, but I'm going to fill out an application. Uh, it was humbling because Chick-fil-A was the only one that called me back. Right? I couldn't even get a call back from, from Lowe's or Home Depot or Walmart, but for that matter. But that's besides the point. I've, I've gotten past that. That hurt in my life. But anyway, I had to choose, Lord, I'm not called to bread chicken in this kitchen. But Lord, I'm going to be faithful in a little to, to show you and to practice being faithful with much when you give it to me someday. And so I've got to make a decision. I will work diligently here. And guess what? God will bless your hand when you're diligent in a place that you may not even be called to. But if you're diligent and you're hardworking, working unto the Lord, his hand will be on you and you will be actively, patiently waiting, not passively waiting. It's an action thing. Biblical patience is not passive, it's active. Um, A Christian life is not static. One pastor said it this way. He said, think of waiting on the Lord like a waiter at a restaurant. What are they doing? You're, act, you're staying active. You're looking for ways to serve. You're looking for ways to continue to do good and serve others and represent Jesus well while I'm waiting on the breakthrough. It's like a waiter. I'm choosing to do good. That's why Galatians 6, 9 says this, let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Am I actively waiting? You know, there's that, that Christmas movie, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I don't endorse that from stage, but there's a character on there. Uh, his name's Cousin Eddie, and he drives this RV. He randomly shows up for their, uh, their Christmas time. He pulls up in the driveway, and he's got this junky old RV, and his kids are starving. They can't afford anything. And they ask, they ask his wife, well, can he not find work? Can he not find a job? And she basically says, well, he's holding out for management position. That's what a lot of people are doing. They're waiting, but they're not actively waiting. We're not called to wait out and let our families suffer while we wait for God to do his part. And God's often saying, will you be diligent where you are so I can open the door for you to go to the next level? That's what God's asking us to do. It's an active thing. Number two is this. Patience does, does a work in us. Patience does a work in us. It's an active thing, and it does a work in us. Let me show you from James chapter 1. We looked at these verses a few weeks ago. Uh, It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. 
knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Those are pretty strong, that's pretty strong verbiage. Those are pretty strong words at the end there. God, through his, the, the fruit of patience wants, patience wants to do a work in you. He wants to use patience to multiply other good things in your life. And this is where the fruit of patience is very unique because God wants to take patience and produce, what does scripture say? Per- perfection, completion, and lacking nothing. Those are good things. Now, let me talk about what exactly those things are. Being perfect does not be, mean being a perfect human being. That's not what we're talking about. But it does mean being perfect means you resemble the perfect one. In what you do, you look like Jesus. It's part of our vision here to help people live, love, and look like him in everything that they do. The world looks at you and they see Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what, what he's talking about here. It's not that I'm perfect, look at me. It's no, look what God is doing in me as I follow Christ. Look at how he's changed my life. And it, it looks so drastically different from where I was that it looks way better. He says, you be complete. That word complete means made whole, meaning nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lost. He wants patience. The fruit of patience wants to produce that type of made wholeness or completion in my life, that I'm whole in my relationships. I'm whole in my purpose for being on this earth. I am whole in my body, in my life, in my parenting. I am made whole. How? Through the fruit of patience. And again, where does that begin? By abiding in Jesus. It's the source of all life. He says, lacking nothing, meaning this, blessed by God in such a way that your needs are met, and you can meet the needs of others around you as well. Financially, yes, but in other ways as well. Your needs emotionally are met so that you can help others as well. Your, your, your uh, calling on your life it, it, and, the, and you felt like you had a lack of purpose, it is met and you know what you are here to do. You're not lacking your purpose anymore and now you can help others find their purpose as well. Lacking nothing so I can help others do the same. This is what Jesus said in John 4. I don't have this verse, but he says, those that drink of his spiritual water will never thirst again. Meaning this, I don't have to run to other things to help me through this life. Jesus is enough. That's what lacking nothing means. I'm content. When I have my dream job, I'm content. When I'm working bread and chicken at Chick-fil-A, I'm content. When um, I I have that perfect marriage, If there is one, I'm content. When I have that marriage that we're still working on it and we're trying to figure it out, we're trying to grow together, I'm content. What am I doing? I, 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 Lord, you are enough. I'm not looking to other people, other things, other items, other substances to be enough for me. Jesus, you're enough. Help me live that way. Help me live that way. In James 5, verse 7, it says this, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Remember, valuable crop. We'll come back to that. Patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Some pretty harsh language here. I don't have time to get into all of it, but here's what he's saying. Be patient, stand firm, don't grumble or complain. Be patient, stand firm, don't grumble or complain. 
So let me leave you with, here's the action step for today. Point number three, don't complain while you're waiting. This is where the message gets real, right? It gets personal. <laughs> don't complain while you're waiting. One of the biggest temptations during a waiting season is to grumble and to complain. First, to others, my family, my friends, people I don't even know on Facebook, but I'm going to put it out there and grumble and complain about what's going on. But even, uh, even worse than that, even being tempted to turn against God because things aren't happening when you think they should be happening. Complain to God. God, what more do you want from me? <laughs> We've been praying for years. What more can I give you? Where are you? What's taking so long? That's the temptation. But I want to remind you of this today. God is not late. God is not deaf. God is not late. And God is not deaf. And I pray that that word right there encourages you. If you get anything else from today, God is not late. And he is not deaf. He simply operates on a different timetable with far greater perspective than we could ever imagine. Isaiah 55 verse 8 says this. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Here's what happens whenever I find myself having to be patient and wait on the Lord. What happens is waiting on God reminds me that I'm not in charge. Even more so, it reminds me that it's not all about me that my life is not all about me. My life is here so I can represent Jesus well and I can serve others while I am here on this earth. I can share his kingdom, spread his kingdom, take light into the darkness of our world. That's my job. It reminds me that I'm not in charge and it's not all about me. I choose to humble myself. I trust my good heavenly father that he knows better for me than I do for myself. I trust, but it takes maturity in Christ to trust in that way. It takes maturity in Christ because you must know his character in order to choose to trust when you've been waiting for a long time. Lord, I'm still going to trust you even though I haven't seen anything change just yet. But in the waiting, what does scripture say? It says, don't grumble, don't complain. I have to guard my mouth while I wait. Philippians 2:14 says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Everyone say everything. Do everything right? Do everything. When I have the job that I love, do it without complaining. When I have the job that I really don't like, do it without complaining. I'm going to serve my spouse without complaining. On the good days, on the bad days, on the tough times and the, and, and the times where it's not so, not so good, on the good days of parenting, I'm not going to complain. On the tough days of parenting, I'm not going to complain. Here's why this is such a big deal. In that scripture we just looked at, uh, let me go back to it. In, in James 5, uh, we don't have to go back to it on the screen, but in James 5, he talks about the judge is standing at the door. And here's what it's referring to when it comes to our words. Our words are so vital and so important. Words, words aren't just things that go out and doesn't really have an effect. Jesus said this in Matthew 12. He said, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. So, I don't know about you, but that should put a little bit of a knot in your stomach. 
And it should make us very much aware of what I'm allowing to come out of this at all times. Every idle word, give an account for. What does that show me? That in heaven, there is an account. There is a book of my words being noted and being written down. And every time I allow the acts of the flesh rather than the fruit of the spirit to rise up in me and I grumble and I complain and I run my mouth, it's being noted. And as your pastor, I gotta share you these verses that don't make us feel good all the time, but we need to hear. Why is it important for believers to watch what we say? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. What I speak, it bears fruit and it produces fruit in my life. So while I'm waiting, I am gonna make a choice that though I may be tempted to complain, tempted to be angry, tempted to grumble, that I do it in the appropriate way according to scripture. There's a time and a place where you need to vent and talk with someone. Say, this is what's going on, this is what I'm feeling. There's a time and a place to do that, where it's not sinful, where it's not, it's not anything like that, but so that you can work through and someone can give you biblical sound advice in return and put faith and courage back in you. But Facebook and openly to random strangers ain't the time to be grumbling or complaining. When we do that, we are ruining our testimony and our witness for lost people. Nobody wants to be around somebody that runs their mouth all the time and complains all the time. We've got a, we have an honor and a privilege to represent Jesus well and that includes our mouth. I've got to guard myself, not to complain in the waiting, but here's the encouraging reminder, point number four, there is blessing at the end of the waiting. There's blessing at the end of the waiting. All through scripture, we see this principle, that when I choose to let patience do its work in me, when I choose to abide in Jesus so I can even experience patience and have patience for situations or seasons or years of my life. Galatians 6 says you will what, reap a harvest if you do not lose heart. James 5, which we just read, says wait like a farmer and you will yield a valuable crop. A valuable crop. There's blessing at the end of the waiting. And when we bear the fruit of patience, that's oftentimes when God does his best work. Oftentimes when we wait and have patience and let it work in us, that's when God does his best work. Let me give you some examples. Abraham, when he was 75 years old, is when God first began to reveal his plan to him. And he said, this is my plan for you. I'm gonna give you a son. Him and his wife have been barren. It looked impossible. I'm gonna give you a son through your son, through your family tree. I'm gonna change the world. He begins to explain this to him, his vision, his heart for him, for Abraham. And guess what? He had to wait 25 years for it to come to pass. Like, Lord, I'm 75, right? If we're gonna have kids, let's get this thing going, right? Wait, wait. But after 25 years, look at Genesis 21. It says, the Lord kept his word and he did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time that God said that it would. The Lord kept his word. This is why it's important for us to know this and to believe this above anything else in our life. The Lord kept his word. 
There's blessing beyond what you can imagine when you abide in Jesus and you let patience be produced in you. You're in good company. It's when God does his best work. Joseph waited 13 years. David waited 14 years. Abraham waited 25 years. Jesus waited 30 years. Moses waited 40 years. If you're waiting and you're saying, God, where are you? Guess what? You're in good company. Anyone that God ever used to do something mightily for his kingdom always had a waiting season. God does his best work after a waiting season. God does his best work after a waiting season. And as I wrap up today, I wanna say this. I don't know what you're waiting on today. I may not know the details of everything that's going on in your life. But I wanna tell you that I, I, I know, I understand. Because messages like this are easy to preach when life's good and you're not waiting on the Lord. But when you're waiting on God, it takes some faith to preach his promises and say, God is still good. He is still faithful, even though we haven't seen it yet. My wife, Leslie, and I, we've been in a waiting season for several years on several different things, but one thing in particular for over seven years now, waiting, actively waiting, doing our part. Lord, we're doing what you said to do but we trust you. And so I don't preach this message to downplay what you've gone through. And I don't preach this message to say, you just need to toughen up and be better. That's not my heart. Because I know it's tough. And I know there's times where you sit on your bedroom floor and all you can do is cry and you don't have words. I know. But I want to remind you, God does his best work after a waiting season. And God put on my heart to tell you today, don't give up, son. Don't give up, daughter. The Lord keeps his word. He's faithful. Trust him. Keep running to him, not from him. Abide in him. Don't be cut off from him. Let patience be produced in you. Actively wait. Do your part. Do your part. Let patience produce those other good things. Guard your mouth. <laughs> Don't let grumbling and complaining come out of your mouth. Protect what you say. But daily, if you must, remind yourself there's blessing at the end of the waiting. Keep going. And if you don't see it today, my mom got this from somebody else, but she says this all the time and it's a great reminder. When you go to bed tonight, Remind yourself that you're one day closer. Thank you, God. We're one day closer to your promise than we were yesterday. We were today. We're one day closer. Be encouraged. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for being a good father. Thank you that for loving us so much. I thank you for your word, that your word is such an encouragement. Lord, it's truth and it's hard truth sometimes, but we need it. But your word's an encouragement to us. Lord, it puts courage in us. I thank you for that. 
Lord, I take a moment before we dismiss. I just want to pray and I ask you, Lord, for those of us that are in a waiting season, for a job, for a spouse, for a relationship issue to be resolved, Lord, for a a child to come home and find faith in Jesus again, for a positive pregnancy test, whatever it might be, Lord. I pray for those of us that are in that waiting season, Lord, would you help us through the power of your Holy Spirit and through the guidance of your word, help us be active in our patience and our waiting. Lord, would you help us guard our mouths while we wait? Help us remember that you're good. Even when it seems tough, even when it seems difficult, you're good and you're kind and you love us. Lord, I pray that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would help us remember that there is blessing at the end of the waiting, that we're not the only ones that are waiting. We're not the only ones going through this trial or this struggle or this thing that we're facing, this issue, this relationship. Lord, I I thank you. Would you remind us We're not alone. We have a church family who's surrounding us. We have friends who are waiting on their own things. But God, I pray that you would give us the strength to see it through. And most importantly, I thank you in advance that your word is true and you keep your word. And these things shall happen at just the time that you say it will. We trust your ways and not our own. We trust your thoughts and not our own. We love you, Jesus. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.